Welcome to another episode of Harvest Series, a podcast following a four-day experience in Kaplankaya on the southwestern Asian coast of Turkey, filled with fascinating talks and workshops to harvest knowledge and nurture the planet, an event produced by Athena Advisors and Capital Partners. This is what deep diving gives you, that every time you surrender to death without the spiritual meaning or religious meaning, it's just the purpose of time and space and you're holding breath, you can let go, recalibrate and reintegrate in less than a minute. This is what is incredible about this technique and the, the fast track of how you can biohack these processes and go back in the same states. Clean, balance and integrate. And only through the darkness you can achieve this incredible knowledge and wisdom especially for people of my kin and my condition. Because we ADHD, we OCDs, you know, all these anger problems, we don't know how to stop. We don't know what it means to be centered or what is real. We don't know how to connect. So only when you put yourself on that edge, you're forcing the brain and the nervous system to shut down, to recalibrate. Mm. I'm Rose, a French journalist based in Barcelona, and this episode is an interview made in Caplancaya with Rodo Escalante, co-founder of the Alchemy Movement and Deep Dive Within. Rodo was diagnosed with mental health issues, including autism and depression as a child. Thanks to yoga and deep diving, he learned how to navigate through these states without the Western medicine. So, of course, we won't recommend in this podcast to stop the treatments, but we're sharing the fascinating personal experience of this charming and passionate young father. Rodo published a book called Deep Dive Within, where he explains how, when he dives with no equipment, some part of his brain can shut down, reach an altered state and recalibrate. Hello, Rodo. Hello, Rose. Let me start with your new book, with this beautiful uh, sentence in the, in the introduction, uh, your book called uh, Deep Dive Within. Down here, something clicks. A feeling of perfect symmetry of body and mind every time I dive and each time I hold my breath. Through the vehicle of respiration and the impermanence of the water, I am able to observe time. There is no past. There is no future. So that's what's happening when you're doing deep diving, free diving. Correct. How is your uh, journey, your deep diving with no equipment in the cenote, in the cave in uh, Mexico? What do you feel? Because you describe it in your book. Can you tell us uh, what's happening there? Well, the book is focused for people that had mental disorders like me. And when you have these symptoms of ADHD and anxiety and you cannot know how to stop the feelings... And then we abuse our bodies, either wise, exercising-wise, partying-wise, or going to edges of extreme exhaustion and tiredness for you to feel peace in the mind. Because it's not even a need of proving something. It's just that you are unbalanced, hormonically speaking. And in the water, when you go deep in the water, and when you go inside the cenotes, everything stops. We that have mental disorders or autism, we suffer of what is real. Because if one day I'm depressed or full of anxiety, 
the perception of my reality is going to be based on that emotion. But that doesn't mean it's real. Or if I fell in love with someone, and then because of the lack of dopamine and serotonin that I have, I feel this entanglement of life. But is it real? So the only thing that I have discovered in my life and in the research that I have done is that what you feel once you're center is what is truly present. And that's where meditation helps. You can meditate for a long time and get to the same state. But 30 seconds, one minute, one minute and a half bread hold inside the water to reach to the most miracles of the human body that is called contraction is what it really makes you let go everything for you to see what you need to see. When you go in, the, in this cave, uh, how long are you able to, uh, to hold your breath? there <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's always a question of the clients and the people like how long is this bread hold <laughs> give me numbers yeah <laughs> let me tell you something it's always less than you think because once you're inside the cave and you see the exit you will freak out it's inevitable this is part of the human condition i don't stop feeling it what happens is that we surrender to the power of fear and anxiety And this is where the preparation comes in hand. I mean, please, guys, don't do it alone. Always have a professional with you. When you have a professional, they know your capacities. So you know if you can physiologically do it. But the key of the program and methodology that I'm sharing to the people is that it's not about pushing. It's always about feeling. And if your mind is not centered, you don't understand the meaning of flowing. So when you are inside the cave and you feel fear... And then you feel you can, and then you break your mind limitations. But answering your question, it could be from 15 to 35 seconds. You can access to altered uh, states on the ground, but what does it bring you to be in the water, to have these states in the water? It's a beautiful question and very complicated to answer because I come from a long path of meditation where I just meditate for four or five hours a day for me to keep this mental stability Literally, I was not seeking for mysticism or spirituality. It was just the need to be present and the need not to be hypersensitive or hyper-emotional. And once you are in those states, the presence of death, it makes it faster because you have a limited time to be present. And the body knows this. So all your entanglements, all your attachments are disappear, are destroyed. So answering your question is that The water is the bridge for you to integrate what you're thinking you're doing. That it took you hours of meditation, years to practice. But as long as you put the human body on the edge of death, you will integrate your true self. You will integrate your true power. And this is where this methodology, it's mind blown. Because I'm not going to put your physical limits into the test. I'm going to bend your mind in your mental limitations of what you think you can. And when you can start moving the body, when you don't have exchange of gases or low O2 or high CO2, you start integrating what I love to call the willpower. The power, what the book says, you know you can. It's not what you're thinking. It's just an interface of the mind set up that we need to realign and connect. So when you're in that power, everything that you've been afraid of your whole life or what you think is pain, It switches into pleasure because you're releasing. Because the difference is when, when you're in the water versus in the ground, you still need to find a, an exit. Uh, the danger is here in a exactly. way. 
Exactly. And, and, and the body knows. If you're in the surface, when you train static, I'm a professional deep diver and free diving skills. And when you train static, I mean, you know, you can hold your breath up to blackout if you want. And the body knows it will breathe because the first trauma that human has in their life is when we were born. It doesn't matter if you came through your mom or if you went through a C-section. When the baby comes out, we're plucked. And we're not exchanging gases. This is one of the biggest theories and the most beautiful access that you do with my methodology to go back into the perfect state like when we're in the womb. Not because you're in the water. It's because you're not exchanging gases. So when the baby comes out to the world, open the mouth and the vacuum of the lung, suck air and expand the air, and then you have the first pain trauma. But it's just because you're more out of the comfort zone. And then breathing becomes naturally. So your trauma becomes part of you. And this is going back to that perfect state. And the brain always knows that you're always going to survive on the surface. Is there like an analogy with the in utero experience to be like uh, floating in the water? There are many, many in psychology, many in neuropsychology, neuroscience, explaining when your spine is in the water and the warm water, it will keep you, it will keep warm, then you're going to feel your mom's love. That is elements of the experience, of course. But going through the bread hole, anxiety, fear, navigating what you cannot do until you crack and you connect the interface of mind coherence, which means you just surrender and let the body do his functionality without you stopping judging or controlling it. Then adding the water just enhance for you to go into a deeper state of awareness. What was the most extreme thing you did uh, as a diver? Well, my record is 75 meters deep on a bread hold. It's funny, you know, because when you're speaking about it, you're like, will you do that depth? And it's the opposite for us. Because once you navigate these states and you integrate this mm -hmm. incredible process, if you want to go deeper, you have to learn how to fall asleep. You have to learn how to believe in yourself and trust in yourself. So depth is not really the scary part. What is the scary part is when you learn to navigate death and surrender to the power of death and you dance with it. And then you apply into the matrix and you apply into these examples. Like my biggest fear in life before I became aware of myself was sharks. So I went to freedive with the sharks. And you have to be at 30 meters and holding your breath. And then you see the animal come to you. <laughs> and if you're in okay. peace, they're in peace. Okay, really. If yeah. you're excited, if you're anxious or anxiety, they become anxious because they feel your heartbeat. They feel their heart resonance. This is science, no? So if you're calm, they're calm and they have to come really close where you are, literally, and then they turn. And that moment of edge, of breaking your old fear and trauma, it's the first step of a real superhuman power. Because okay. how you feel afterwards is speechless. Wow, what kind of shark were there? Bull sharks. I'm sharing your uh, fear, your ex-fear with, uh, with yeah. the sharks. Is the notion of potential uh, danger exciting also? Is there a notion of uh, excitement of the potential danger? And, uh, In this technique? Yes. 100%. And this is why as freediver and as my program of alchemy, you always need to be supervised for you to avoid any accident. Because the altar stays on a bread hold physiologically, what we're proving is that we are creating oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and then you get into DMT, the most powerful self 
hormone or neurotransmitter we can create in the nervous system and in the brain connectors. However, adrenaline or excitement depends on the person. There's many layers that we need to first adapt and understand before we go into the alter ultra state. And when I say ultra, it's because you stop thinking and you're just in these incredible hyper feelings. And depends on your traumas and your psychological behaviors, it's what it comes out. But if you are aligned, if you had an incredible childhood, and by the grace of God, you already did incredible self-work, once you access the altered state and you go into the ultra feelings, then adrenaline kicks in and you are in the yeah. fussiness of low world. So it's called euphoria in freediving. And when you reach euphoria, even us that we're training for this, we don't know our limits because you become mechanical. Really? You have okay. to check your time because you don't feel anything. You're full of adrenaline with DMT and all of these incredible feelings. You're free. Okay. So that's a dangerous point. Dangerous for, point for when you're a self-aware yeah. person or self-knowledge, self-taught and you don't have professional supervision or knowledge about how you navigate these altered states. Hodo dives in the Mexican caves, the cenotes. I did it once with equipment and that's quite impressive, so I can't imagine with no equipment. Hodo Escalante, being Mexican, I asked him if it was also a way to reconnect with the Mayan culture. Of course, I'm, I'm half uh, Aztec. Well, in Mexico, we have Aztec, Mayans, Toltecs. We have a lot. Oh, so no? Aztec, okay. Yeah. And I live in the Mayan land for the last yeah, 13 okay. years. And I do train by the hand of a Mayan governor of the villages, not, not government. And uh, thanks to the Mayans, I have understood the meanings of Xibalba and spiritual connections with nature because they are people that they so tune in with the frequency of with nature, that some people even think they're psychics, no? but it's just that they're tuned in. They really surrender to what nature has to tell us. And they learn that as soon as you have an intention in your work, you never get lost in the fogness of that interaction. How are they looking at those caves at the time? Terrifying. Ter of course. All okay. the time. That's never going to change. Mm. If you become excited because you uh. know them, But if one day you have a very challenging day and you lose your job or you have a problem with your partner or your friend and your brothers and your friends, and you go to the same cave that you already done for a hundred times, you will feel anxious and fear. It's inevitable. It's part of the human condition, psychic. But you learn that you know. So as long as you know, you go against your ego will or your attachment codependencies or your comfortable level. And that's the secret of the reasons of how to let go and how to evolve in life. That you put yourself in an uncomfortable position for you to evolve and detach all the fears and negativity you're held in. Mayan, Aztec, the, um, the other culture, how were they looking? How were they considering those, uh, those caves, those cenotes? Was it like uh, something to respect or to fear? Both? Incredible question. I really don't know the Aztecs, though. I do know the Mayans. The Mayan, okay. For Mayans, they call it Chivalva. And Chivalva is where, uh, in the Popol Vuh book, you can read about a lot. And it's pretty much the same as the Italian, was the name of, of the death of Dante. You okay, know? ah, okay. Pretty much the same exam examples. So it's hell. It's hell okay. and demons and all your shadows. Because in the end, psychologically, I mean, spiritually speaking, 
we come from the shadow. We don't come from the light, right? I mean, that's okay. some of the versions. Okay. And you only know yourself once you're in peace with yourself in your, in your darkest time. And this is what Shivalva gives you. This is what water gives you. This is what deep diving gives you. That every time you surrender to death without the spiritual meaning or religious meaning, it's just the purpose of time and space and you're holding breath, you can let go, recalibrate, and reintegrate in less than a minute. This is what is incredible about this technique and the, the fast track of how you can biohack these processes and go back in the same states. Clean, balance, and integrate. And only through the darkness you can achieve this incredible knowledge and wisdom, especially for people of my kin and my condition. Because we ADHD, we OCDs, you know, all these anger problems, we don't know how to stop. We don't know what it means to be centered or what is real. We don't know how to connect. So only when you put yourself on that edge, you're forcing the brain and the nervous system to shut down, to recalibrate. Mm. It's like you're killing yourself. When I have um, people that have chronic depressions in my workshops, and they're like, what do you do when you're in chronic depression? I kill myself. What do you mean? I'm not talking physiologically killing yourself. You have to kill your mind and your mind is a system of an organs that it work in frequencies in a biodynamic, beautiful way. But it's time for us to understand awareness, not consciousness. Consciousness is for those that are seeking spirituality. They're seeking for mysticism of the spiritual work. Awareness is biotechnology. It's understanding how the CO2 can force the brain to move out of his comfort zone, connecting the middle brain, wiring the frontal lobe, calibrating the hemispheres for you to be present. And once this interface are click, then you can have a different perspective of life. Then if you're ready for spirituality, that's your path. But if you suffer these conditions, we need to understand how to access this beautiful edge to recalibrate, to be present. In Kaplankaya, during harvest, Rodo gave private breathing classes, but also brought a big group of people to share his knowledge into the agency. I could collect feedbacks from two attendees. The following day, he was doing a group uh, activity in the sea, to which 20 or 30 people turned up. We divided into pairs following his initial instruction how to do pranayama dry with the water up to our knees. And then in pairs, we did the pranayama as he instructed us to do underwater. Um, I teamed up with a guy called Paul who I'd never met. But obviously, we had a, a, a great connection supporting each other. We both managed to totally relax in the water and for me to be open to my uh, to be open to be able to open my eyes in the seawater was such a fabulous surprise amazing i loved it and when the group session had finished i went back to rodo and he supported me and i tried again and i can't wait to go further 
I've met Rodo Escalante during my time at Harvest. It was my first time I've met him, although I've been to a few Harvests before, but it was my first time and um, I tried his breath work in the group session and my feeling was that it's a bit too advanced for many people. So I was feeling a little bit confused because you switch on your mind thinking when you want need to exhale or uh, inhale and not fully focusing on the breath work. So I decided to t- take a um, private session with him and uh, it was beyond any expectation. It's really he's following every single breath. He explains properly how to do it and the result was really fantastic. I was just floating somewhere in the sky and um, the feeling is extreme, really extreme and um, wonderful. Rodo Escalante developed his methods because it was a real help for him. He mentioned earlier dyslexia, anxiety, autism, ADHD, anger, a lot to go through for a young boy. I asked him, What was the most difficult time he went through? Oof. There are many aspects and many times. The ones, because when I do this work, I have connect with people that had my condition. They're 50, 40s, and they, they just overcome it. And they still have some seasons, you know, not seasons, um, episodes in their life, and they don't understand yet. Because... We are in the new era of awareness where we need to understand mental health. Mental disorders are not psychological problems only. It's physiological. So it's like we are handicapped. But because before it was like schizophrenia is the worst, people are afraid to feel I'm schizophrenic, you know, or I have autism. Well, actually, I have autism. It's a superpower when you learn how to use it. But in the, when I was young, I remember one day I spent three days on the floor <laughs> depressed and just, you know, I was not even, I would start doing vision quests in that time. I didn't know when you don't eat, right? I was just drinking water and my biggest fear, even though now when I'm in those processes is that I don't come back because you cannot connect your movement or your words. You're just present up to the point that it's painful and you don't know how to come back. And that's very scary in some ways. Could you give me like a chronological order of uh, all of these when you were diagnosed? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was seven or eight years old. That's the, the first uh, test the psychologist gave it to me. In that time, I was pretty much autistic, slightly. Like I was spending hours looking to the window. I was hyper emotional. Like I cried for everything. I hated it until I stopped crying. Um, I was hypersensitive in the way that I could feel weird stuff spiritual stuff, you know, faces or words, you know. I come from a family that has a lot of work. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom helped my dad to move on. And we have work a lot, but we are not integrated as family, family, you know. It has a, it has a term. Uh, the communication is not good. Okay. So I develop a lot of anger, repression, because I have low self-esteem. And on top of the ADHD, it creates this nuclear power of self-doubt of yourself so that was seven to 12 12 13 when my adolescence started kicking in i was super low in self-esteem and i suffered a lot of not having real friends 
and uh, I was really shy to talk to girls. So I never had a girlfriend properly because I didn't know how to say anything. Literally, I was, you know, like this. Until I started hanging out on 21 with my friends and going out and having fun. And they pushed me to talk to people. And then I started talking to girls eventually. And I started developing this. I know I can do this. And I started meditating when I was 23, 24. That's when my parents brought the first. I'm sorry, 26. And when I started meditating, pranayama and gurumukhi malas from Nam Yoga, I was like, what is this? First day I did it, I did 45 minutes and I didn't want to stop because I stopped. Imagine when you have these mental disorders, the brain is swollen. You're, you're, you are in, you know, it's compressed, it's, it's stress. So when you start breathing and doing mantras, you start relaxing. So it's like from chronic pain, you start feeling pain. Wow. And okay. then you start feeling okay. And then you feel center. So I discovered for the first time the meaning of centeredness which I only have access through sex because being an athlete and a hyperactive person, the only thing I could offer women is sex because I was <laughs> hyperactive. So and codependent. Okay. So that was the only way of don't, don't leave me. I was broke. I have no, nothing but energy. So that was the only exchange of coin currency that I had at the time. And because of that, I suffer a lot in ladies as well, because I was hyper unstable and obviously they, they feel normal. I was empty. And they were like, but you want to break up? No, I just don't feel anything. And they don't understand it. It's super wow. painful. Painful for my even actual partner still. I have a recent baby and my baby is my nuclear engine of dopamine. But still, she doesn't understand how, why am I this cold? And when I access the center, the knowledge of the center, which is the first step where I teach you in this methodology, it became my true religion. Because it doesn't matter what I feel. If I lose the greed and I am in a hypersensus and I lost my anger and, or I'm hyper anxious, if I'm not centered, I don't speak. And that's become my religion. So if I have a problem with my partner and she blah, 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 and I lost the greed, it takes me days or hours to come back. So days. if I'm not in okay. my center, okay. yeah, even at this age. So if I'm not in my center, I don't react. I don't act because it's not real. I'm just anger. I'm just hung, hungry. And I can, and I come from scratch. So when you come from scratch, narcissism is part of the elements of the equation. So for me to start over is not a problem. To su I'm a suicidal mind. So for me, threatens of I'm going to leave. He's like, okay. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work because right. for me to engage that feeling, it means I'm going to be in depression and feeling so bad. And it's so hard to come from those yeah. feelings. So we learn to navigate these states. You mentioned a few things uh, that really helped you. Friends, uh, first, uh, girls, yoga, breathing, uh, to be centered, meditation. What didn't help? What didn't? What didn't help at all? Alcohol. Threats, alcohol. Alcohol. Okay. I never smoke, but uh, now that I'm understanding tobacco and cannabis... Tobacco, when you smoke it too much, it gives you the wrong edge because it gives you male energy. And obviously any form of, uh, this is a super delicate subject, but any form of medicine from the Western, any antidepressives is the worst thing for these kind of brains, neurotypical brains, because it creates an imbau where you feel good, you crash. And then physiologically, you're drained. And then the coming back from 
I don't want to say names, no, but any antidepressive states, it's super critical and, and hard for me. Okay, so we, we won't tell uh, people to stop uh, any drug they're taking or uh, anything, but for you, it didn't help because you, you managed to find another way to, uh, to fight these to, to balance these feelings balance. in the end once again we need way. to understand sorry we need to understand mental health we're not crazy we just have a lack of serotonin dopamine and this is the reason why we interact like that but because of psychology behaviors we are not know where we are when people that have connect to my words and to my examples because they know same as me you only know when you know it's not what I'm saying that people don't know yeah, either yeah, they yeah. suffer the same conditions yeah And if you are in the medicines, the methodology will help you move out of them in one day. That's how powerful we can biohack ourselves. Are you being followed uh, by scientists to show them uh, what you're feeling or to have any Yeah, yeah, tracks? yeah. Not even yeah. that. Like I have neuroscience in the team that have helped me understand and put in words what I'm saying because for me it's feelings. Yeah. But now we're in the biohacking era and people really want to understand serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, bathrasimine, blah, 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 blah. Even to get to the most powerful medicine for these brains, which is uh, DMT. And I have a lot of psychologists, work friends, that have come to the workshops and they laugh. And they're like, bro, this is like one year therapy in one session. It's incredible how you can let go anger. How can you let go fear? How can you let go attachment? And then how you can reintegrate in them. And obviously, we need psychologists to understand the processes. So there's a lot of science behind what I'm sharing. And you founded Alchemy. You're teaching uh, methods to get this. So um, the goal of this is to help to share your knowledge. Yes. And to help people being uh, aware. Exactly. How access awareness for them to recalibrate their present and they can live in peace and presence and center. So you mentioned in your book, the two main techniques to get through breath and uh, alter states with no drug, uh, you're proposing another one inspired by the free diving. Can you uh, explain how you get inspired yeah. by, by these two and Thank how you're you. different? Yes, well, the, the, the beauty of this is that in 1950s, 60s, in America, the Meduna studies, they prove that CO2 can curate incredibly uh, schizophrenia and mental disorders. But they were inhaling CO2. And unfortunately, the patients died. Okay. So they said, it's good, but no more studies <laughs> because it's killing people. Okay. But parallel, we freedivers have existed in the world for obviously our existence. In Japan, there are ladies that they are 70, 80 years old doing 30 meters every day for chasing pearls and the nervous systems and their brains are intact. Okay. So that was the first link. And then I witnessed Natalia Morchanova coming from 100 meters deep diving. And it was incredible witness how she was speaking like Guru Nam, my master teacher of Nam Yoga. He's a guru. She's a free diver. And the link of how they speak, it drew my attention to see what is that that is missing. So I went deep into starting understanding and Russians had created this incredible system of hypoxia and hypercapnia that for science is like forbidden because you're going to kill the brain and you're going to, you know, toxicate the way you breathe and your molecules and then you're going to die. But in free diving, this is what we train to make, to make the brain more resilient to the metabolism of the CO2 and O2 in the blood. 
and how we move. But with my condition, I start seeing over and over every day until today, how is the secret for our mental instability or neurotypical brains, how the bread hold can really take the brain and force the brain to wire, to stretch, to connect and to storage, to access the storages so we can create all the lack of hormone and neurotransmitters we don't have. So I paid all my attention into that and I saw the science never back it up. So I talked to a few people that they share my pioneerism and they love the concept because without any substances, we can access this incredible biohacking. So I start putting the effort into it and I create a methodology out of it because um, should we, should I speak about the recent new era of breathworks? So it's very fashionable right now that everybody's doing hyperventilation techniques. So holotropic was made out of growth and he was creating it for people who can access the altar state to heal traumas. And it's incredible. Hyperventilations, holotropic breathwork techniques are the key to have breakthroughs in life because you saturate the body with O2, you reduce the CO2 so the brain has a shock and the nervous system releases all the DMT for free. You know, it's the, it's the easiest biohacking state. Okay. But I come from a progression growth, and this is pranayama, that has been for thousands of years. And so the pran- other, there is one hyperventilation. And this and, is ventilation. And yeah, okay, ventilation. So when you learn to ventilate, you progressively every day are allowing the glands, the organs, to learn how to absorb and how to move the breath, the O2. And the prana, because prana is when you inhale through the nose and that's the energy that you impregnate in the body. And then little by little, you're getting into that state. So every day you're allowing progressively to adapt the lack of CO2 or the high O2, and then you balance it out. So the nervous system balances, right? Spiritually speaking, pranayama has specific techniques for releasing anger and releasing, you know, go to sleep and connecting to your conditional love. That's spirituality. That's pranayama deep practices. But... Ventilation is proven for 2,000 years plus that the nervous system is positive and adopted and you can grow through it. Bread holds, on the other hand, it's proof by thousands of years of freediving technology that you can be resilient to. And not only that, you can adopt it to. But hyperventilations on bread holds, I don't feel is positive because the body without CO2 don't have the capacity to activate the systems. So you access the goodies, but then there's no, there's no autosome, there's no handbrake. Okay. So you can dive in or type in into an accident very easily. Okay, you can damage a bit uh, the system, your system or not? There's not enough science, and I don't, I, I don't want to say what is right or wrong, but there's yeah. many people believing that when you hyperventilate every day, Okay. And you do bread holds, you could develop fibrosis in the brain in the brain in the veins. Or you can create this lack of exchange of gases in the brain. Okay, when you abuse of it. Yes. Okay. So my my proposition or the school that is coming, the school of thought that is coming, is learning, creating the proper ventilations that is a system that has been existing for thousands of years, but activating the bread hold extensions. So you can move the bandas to massage the perineal gland, to massage the glands, and use the extension of the CO2 to massage the brain and allowing the frontal lobe to wire and connect so you can have these incredible hypersenses 
and then re-storage and rebalance of your whole feelings and nervous system. You had like a, a client this morning. You uh, had a dive uh, with him and explanation first. Yes. Can you explain uh, the process and what did you bring him? Was he like, did he know about breathing mm, at all? Not really. He didn't really? even know how to breathe through the nose. So it was very challenging for him. Okay. And first is always center yourself. Understand how the breath can put the mind in this center feeling. Because it's not spiritual centeredness. Yeah, yeah. It's just a system of the mind when you change the way your pattern, your process, and your breathing. And once you're centered, and then we dive into the first layers of anxiety. So when you feel the first anxiety movements, and then you're navigating them. And once you align, and once your coherence connection of the mind-heart connection or the no-mind space, mindfulness are linked, then we dive in into the contraction miracle of the human body. And that's when you do the bread hole until these incredible feelings start rising. And then we switch what you thought it was your mind limitation or your physical fear limitations into your true self. And then fear becomes your ally. And then that becomes your teacher. And then you go deep into these states. And that's the altered states. And that's when you navigate these incredible contractions. And then you go into these expansions. And then you go into these, when you come out, it's like serotonin, dopamine, And what is this? <laughs> so you're finally free. Because people like me or people in average in general, we really, if you don't practice meditation, yoga, extreme sports, you don't know the meaning of letting go. Letting go is not a thought. It's not, I forgive you. You're No. Letting go is when is you are in peace yeah. with okay. death or the edge of life in front of you. That is the true meaning of letting go. Like the baby when he came out of the womb. It has zero ego. It has zero attachment or zero fears. It's pure. And we, this is a new era of awareness where we as humans, we deserve to know how to access these altered states and separate the dogmatic meanings of ceremonial or going to a shamanism path. This is to honor their path. But if you don't have any spiritual awakening or need, you don't have to suffer what they yeah. suffer to get to those psychotic states. But by awareness, we can access these incredible feelings, psychotisms in layers that you can still navigate and control to unfold the mind, release your tension, and then come back into presence. It reminds me the French movie Le Grand Bleu from Luc Besson. Did you like it? It's our Bible. Okay. Every, every free diver that tells you, I don't know, Green Blue, they're not free divers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. It's movie, the most incredible movie. Beautiful. What would you like to say now that you've been through all of this to the little boy you were um, when you thought you were not able to, to come back? What would you like to tell him now? That you were right. I just didn't believe in myself. That's all. I will end with this last question I'm asking to uh, all the guests, Rodo. Uh, if something easy or simple could make the world a better place, what would it be for you? That everybody needs to understand death because it's been dogmatized for the last 2,000 years and it's been suppressed in the world's ways. But when you don't understand self-love or forgiveness, death or the edge of life, will bring your true self out. 
So everyone that can have these experiences will really not only evolve, they will integrate everything they've been suppressed for the entire life. Thank you so much. It was uh, Rodo Escalante for Harvest in Caplancaya. Thank you so much, Rodo. Thank you, Rose. Thank you, Harvest. I hope you enjoyed this episode and Rodo Escalante's experience, how he shared it, and his courage and passion to find new and natural ways to navigate through his mental health issues. If you did, please leave us a good review and follow us on Instagram Harvest Series. All of our podcasts are also filmed. To tune into these videos, as well as videos of speakers on stage, please visit youtube.com slash harvest series. Next episode will be with Thomas Ermakora. Thomas is an architect and was a co-curator of the sixth edition of Harvest. Don't miss the episode. Until next time.